Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Father Nathan. Yeah, that's Father Nathan. This is Father John. He always throws me off when he decides to do the intro. But this is is his topic. Just so you know, I have to go all the way over to the computer and press the record button and then sit down while he's like completely set, settled in, whatever else. So that's why he always starts off. Well, cheers. My Lenten penance, one of them was to pray evening prayer before any drinking. And uh, so we just prayed evening prayer. Evening evening prayers. Four o'clock in the afternoon, which is the earliest possible time. Vespers. And now we're enjoying tin cup whiskey, which um, is quite good. Who gave you that? Lois Sheehan. 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 And she's also the one who has the treehouse. Clinky, clinky. Treehouse we've stayed at. We got stuck up in the mountains. Oh, yeah. The one in Silverthorne? Yep. She's awesome. That was a great place. Yep. Thank you, Lois and Tim. So here we are again. I got the boot on uh, so he doesn't die of the stench of my foot. Now it's just like stench with Febreze. (laughs) Which is awful. I I remember Scott Scott Bevel's mom Febreze his hockey bag one time. Oh, because there's like a certain threshold that Febreze can handle. But like hockey gear is like... You, nothing can tame Nothing that. really can. And it just like absorbs it into the stench, the the sabri, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it draws you in. It's like one of those Venus fly traps where like, oh, this actually smells good. I should drink more deeply of this smell. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh no. And then it's too late. Too late. Snap. There's nothing worse than hockey gear. Absolutely. My poor mother. Two hockey bags. Yeah. And there was nothing worse than forgetting to air out your gear. Yep. Ugh. Leaving Plus, it like, in the car, it would freeze. Oh, yeah, exactly. Gosh. Yeah. Disgusting. It's a disgusting thought. It's kind of like a hockey skate. Kind of. All right. I think we're done. I think we're done exploring the the possibilities of that conversation. <laughs> okay. What What are we going to talk about? I don't even... Uh, I don't even know either. That's so crazy. Let's just say it's just crazy, dude. I was sitting there. It was crazy. It was $3 vodkas. What was I supposed to do? Father, I'm sorry. That is his uh, imitation of a Chicago guy. Dude. Right? Dude. Coming into confession. Well, <laughs> it is modeled after a character. So um, what is his like name? Like a guy you know? Yeah, Kevin. Um, but like he, he was the one that at uh, my buddy Jack Conroy's wedding, um, there was an open bar, but it was only from 6 until 8 p.m. And so, like, the reception was just kicking off, and then at 8 p.m., I think we sat down for dinner, or maybe, like, maybe it was from, like, 5 to 7, and then 7 o'clock was dinner. Anyways, so then this guy, this guy, Kevin, he, like, walks up to me, and he's holding in his hand, he, you know what I'm talking about, he's doing, like, the 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 pincher crab, mm-hmm. you know, with three different drinks. And he just goes, dude, you want anything? And I was like, uh, no, I'm good. He goes, I just got six triple vodkas. I'm set for the night. And he just walks away and I'm like, ouch. That's the guy the voice is modeled after. Oh, yeah. That's funny. He is. He's a funny kid. And now he's like trading on the Chicago Board of Trade. So now he uh, is the Fifty Shades of Grey guy or something. No, <laughs> I hope not. Okay. Is his name Kevin? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. The um, I'm Father, being, I'm, Father Sean's been saying I'm the Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. and he like combs his hair. Nice. That's kind of fun. Old man humor. <laughs> All right. So um, this is just a disclaimer. I 
they were putting together a Lenten booklet at my he's thanks, John. Thanks for that. Thanks for doing that right into the microphone. He just turned on his timer. Thanks. Sorry, just it sounds so well researched. I'm just Shut wanna up. make sure we get it all in, all the content. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me ask why don't I just shake my papers more like you do so it just makes it sound like I have done a lot of research. It is true. Anyway, so then they said, we're putting together our Linton booklet. Do you want to put anything in it? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, do you want to have, are you hosting anything? Are you doing anything at the parish? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be a good idea to do. And they're like, oh, yeah, what are you going to teach on? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, well, the booklet goes out tomorrow, so you have to you have to actually like put something in. And I was like, all right, just call it Thirsty Thursdays, and um, I'll figure out the, the titles later. So then uh, two weeks went by, I'd done nothing, <laughs> and uh, they said, uh, hey, uh, you're going to give that talk series, uh, do you want anything in the bulletin? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And they're like, okay, do you have a title? I'm like, yeah, Thirsty call, th- yeah, call it like Thirsting for More. So like it slowly <laughs> evolved, you know, kind of more Christian than just Thirsty Thursdays. Um, so then, you know, they put it in, they're like, do you have a schedule? Do you have like a... Uh, you know, a syllabus, like, do you have a list of topics? And I'm like, no, I, I don't actually. And they're like, okay, well it's going out. So, <laughs> so pretty much I'm going tonight is the first talk oh, yeah. tonight. I, I'm pretty much going on my reputation as a preacher, given the last eight months at the parish um, and any other stragglers that seem to come in. So we're going to do your talk prep. Right We're gonna now. do my talk prep. So Sounds this, good. this is like stretching beforehand. So this is smart, you know. You said that you'd be fine with this. I did. I said I had two topics prepared, but the other one was it's kind of interesting, at least to me. But it's liturgical, so obviously sacramental more more so. So John doesn't care. Yeah, it's true. I don't care. But I should say that Balthazar once wrote on this topic, and then he would care. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Um, but it was funny because uh, one of my Lenten penances, and one of the few that I've actually kept in one day with, with some with some uh, diligence, um, is that I've I, I did the thing last year where you go to bed on time, and uh, so I tried to go to bed like ten thirty or eleven, and that was good, you know, like especially in seminary because you kind of have a set time that you're waking up, so if you don't go to bed at a certain time, uh, then you're, you're, you're yeah you're already toast. So. I decided to do the reverse and say I'm going to wake up at a certain time because um, I only have a 9 o'clock mass normally, so the latest I can get up is around 8.35. Do the trucker shower, run over, say mass, whatever. I know all about the trucker shower now. Yep. So then uh, I got up this morning and uh, was kind of like, wow, you can get a lot done before 9 o'clock. That's the military way. We do more before 8 a.m. than most people do all day. So my dad says. What time does he get up? I don't know. He's oh. a farm boy. They like to get up at like 5. That's true. Dad's already walked Otis and got the weekly poop report by then. So <laughs> Good night. So anyway, so then I was up I was up this morning. I had my English breakfast tea. I'd already checked Drudge Report. You know, I'd pretty much exhausted everything that ESPN could give me. And I was like, well, I guess I'll um, pray about my talk. So... I kind of like thought about it a little bit because I had these these ideas sort of like, you know, going back and forth through it. So the first part tonight is where I'm going to talk about story. And the reason why I want to talk about story is because I'm pretty much getting all of these people together because I want to force them to listen to 
a certain podcast called The Moth Podcast. The Moth. I've mentioned The Moth uh, on this podcast before, but there's a certain uh, edition of The Moth called Fireworks from Above by Faye Lane. Um, have I ever made you listen to it? Uh-uh. I was going to make you guys listen to it on the way up to Glenwood Springs. Well, you should have, because but we instead, listened to five hours of Indigo Girls, Father Brian Larkin. <laughs> thanks a lot. It was hilarious. So uh, we came up with a system on the ride down of like a veto system. <laughs> so like each one of us had two vetoes. So and a song let's qualify. Could... Father Brian, when he drives, it's his exclusively his iPod. Um, and we had a veto system. We had a veto system. We only got two vetoes. But I came up with a, what would that be? A bonus rule of if we saw a padiddle, um, you could get an extra veto. Which we did not. We didn't see a single padiddle for an hour and a half. I swear, I'm going to see like 16. Um, for those of you who don't know, a padiddle is a... Um, uh, one light out. Yeah, one or one tail light. Okay. I would I would have taken anything. <laughs> At that point, I was desperate. Well, I had you burned through my vetoes almost immediately. Well, he had to use, he had to use one on a Christmas song. Yeah, that was Mindy Smith singing. It. I was like, "You got to be kidding!" Me. So yeah, uh, fortunately, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but he knows he gets made fun of. So that's all right. That's all right. We got you good again, right? So I I was gonna make you guys listen to it either way. Um, so this podcast it's really good, um, and I want all these people to listen to it and uh, kind of like the to to give the spoiler of it. It's really for two lines in the podcast. Um, the moth, if you don't know, and if you haven't listened to it before, it's all about storytelling, people telling their stories or like different stories, but they're usually either professional storytellers or people who have been coached on how to give their story. So they usually do a fantastic job. You know, you don't have like the, uh, and ahs like you get in my homilies or in this podcast. And this lady gets up there and she's this Texas blonde um, who's talking about becoming a stewardess, becoming a flight attendant. And she says at the very beginning, before I became a flight attendant, I was an entertainer. And the job of an entertainer is to take an individual experience and turn it into a collective. So you have all these people from everywhere who are coming to listen to this person and somehow they have a shared experience and they turn the individual into a collective. And then at the end of the podcast, just to spoil it for you, she says, but the job of a flight attendant is to take a group, is to take a collective endeavor to travel from one place to another and to turn it back into the individual. Okay. So I want to use that as the frame for what I want to convey, which is um, our stories matter. Um, And I think um, it's interesting because we've had a podcast in the past or we've had people respond to the podcast, and actually somebody the other day just said it again, which was a lot of people have only heard fragments of our story. They've heard, like, they've kind of pieced together different things, right. or they Facebook stalked us and figured out that, you know, we were on such and such team in 1998 or something. Right. Um, but uh, they don't know our whole conversion story. And um, and. I had to give my conversion story, you know, when I joined Focus, a fellowship of Catholic university students, you have to give like a three to five minute testimony that like just goes through your whole life right? and just saying, this is how I met Christ. This is how I met deep in my faith. This is why I've dedicated myself to him and make it convincing and pretty much a win talk. I think those are helpful. 
I don't think that most people um, do that day to day. Um, one, I don't think we know how to tell our own story because we haven't sort of looked into our past and kind of gotten a better understanding of who am I and like what is my background, what was my family situation, what were my desires. But then also, it's really hard to listen to other people's stories too. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is we have come to share our story. Mm. We have come to break the bread. bread. Something like that. We have come to know the rising of the dead. <laughs> Walking dead. Walking dead. No, poster's not up yet. Poster's not. I know. I don't have any thumbs Sorry, up. that's a really crappy uh, song that we sing in my parish. So. Do you think that people know how to listen to other people's stories? I don't think, I don't think we know how to listen in general. Right. I think that most of us are either not paying attention and distracted or we're listening so as to formulate the next thing we're going to say. That's what I do a lot. That was one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I was reading a book once called The Art of Conversation, and it said, most people are more interested in what they are about to say than what other people are actually saying. That is true. What were you saying? (laughs) Well, that that brings me to my next point. No, I think... think when I teaching RCA this year has been absolutely awesome. One of my favorite things. I have a great group of people. Some of them listen to this. Um, but the whole point of the first part of RCI, I think is to demonstrate how, um, exactly what you're saying, the concept of story to demonstrate God's work as a story. And one of the things I love to do is, uh, use Balthazar. Okay. 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 Yeah. His, uh, understanding of the Trinity the father is the playwright, the son is the actor, and the Holy Spirit is the director. Hmm. So all of a sudden you see a story in th- dramatic form. The theodrama is what he calls it. Yeah. And for them to understand the, the Trinity as a relationship that reveals itself in a story, in a drama, that's what, we're, that's what I think we need to start with. And it's not just Balthazar saying that. That's, you know, Scott Hans, the father, keeps his promises. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's where I first encountered this stuff early on. And uh, the story of salvation history understood, then brought into ours through the sacraments, uh, is what gives meaning and purpose to things, to say that my life is actually a story, but prayer prayer is an act by which I come to understand the story of my own existence, instead of this kind of ubermensch thing where I try to assert myself and I make my own story. Right. And I you know, leave my mark on history, whatever Choose your own that adventure. Is, yeah, exactly. So I think that the the notion of story. I mean, Nathan, you got to have the Haggadah from the Holocaust, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, Haggadah was the right the Old yep. Testament, the Hebrew word for you have to tell the story the before you give the law, the Halakha, and the uh, Torah. That's right. The Torah is the law. Halakha is the walking. Yeah, got it. Thank you. Got it. <laughs> You're blowing through that ten cup, aren't you? No, I'm just rusty. I forget everything from seminary. Four years in. Yeah. Just wait, man. Well, okay. But what I also want, because this is the reason why I did, did my class this way, why I did my wanted to do my teaching this way, is because if I'm just imparting to them deeper knowledge of the faith and deeper knowledge of the catechism or deeper knowledge of the creed or whatever these things are... Um, it has to come into their own existence. Right. It can't just be an add-on. Like, grace builds on nature. I want people to understand their own nature and other people's nature 
because it's that shared humanity that we have that God's divinity is being poured into. Um, I mean, if if people come to understand the Bible as narrative, I give thanks to God for that. Do I know the entire narrative? No, I haven't taken Catholic biblical school. I haven't read, you know, as much about like so that's a the, shot at Tracy Dempsey. I didn't that, take a shot. I didn't take a no, shot. I, I heard at her. a shot fired. Well, right. she better take cover. Okay, <laughs> if she can teach people that, that helps. But if people are just going to try and investigate the scriptures and scrutinize the scriptures without having the scriptures scrutinize them, right. what? Father Felix, bam. Man, um, my pastor. Yeah, but that's that's a lot about what um, the neocatechumenal way does in their scrutinies, right? The word is proclaimed, but it's a word to me and right. not like I'm going to dissect this word and I'm going to understand the story. And obviously, Jesus is speaking here about second Isaiah. <laughs> No, it's about you. Yeah. What is happening in your life and what has happened in your life and what is happening in other people's lives, not just so that you can say, oh, I have a scripture word for you, but rather I'm empathic to what's going on in your life because I've either been there or I've known somebody that's been there. I think that's right on. And they do that well in the Neo-Catechumenal way. I live with two priests uh, of the way and yeah, they, they, they dwell in the word, but in a way that's always speaking to their their existence and their and their life. Uh, as people ask me, how do I pray a lot of times? What I'm finding a lot of times is to teach them Lexio Divina, but also to teach them how do you even understand like what's going on inside of you? Mm-hmm. How do you pray into that, right? As Deacon Pat says in my IPF training, what are your thoughts, feelings, and desires, uh-huh. right? With his New York accent. Yeah. But it's true. Do I know, can I name three things that I'm thinking about right now, right? And as stupid as it sounds... The pray like a pirate thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's actually really important, right? A R R R R whatever. Acknowledge, relate, receive. Receive and respond or whatever. Some yeah. order like that. But to know what's inside of me and to allow the scriptures to speak into that, right? I, I think that, that there's a huge turning point for a lot of people because they don't understand it. It's just like read the gospel every day or pray the rosary. What does this have to do with anything? It mm-hmm. becomes just mere formality. And so it can be excessive the interior scrutinizing. But if it's balanced with the word and there's an awareness of inside, as cheesy as it sounds, it's, it's, I think it's quite helpful. I do it every day yeah. and I find it indispensable. I would say part of what we're trying to point people to is that God is the source of all abundance. That's a great thing. But do I have a need? Like, what are my needs? What are the things that I've that I've kind of grown up with and just sort of accepted as, you know, kind of like, that's just who I am. Rather than just saying, God, you have the fullness of life. And I've lived my life in such a way that um, I've sort of gotten by, but I'm as I start to examine my own life, I acknowledge I don't have everything. And there are certain parts of my story that are lacking. And not that like, God's going to go in and cock all the holes of your past or your family life or like the sins that you've committed that maybe have had repercussions even till now um, or formulated images of yourself. But um, I want to come to God as needy as the leper, you know, came to him, which is I acknowledged my need. I acknowledged my sin and I need you. And Without you, I'm I'm in some trouble. This is kind of my homily from last week, but 
I think it it flows into the story because um, part of the other reason why I did this and we talked about this before was um, I met with our uh, spiritual father, Father Raymond Garonsky, a good Jesuit in California. Um, and he, I said, he's like, do you want to go for studies? And I said, you know, um, I do, but I don't know what I would study. And we sort of like kind of talked about it for a little bit. And then eventually he just sort of, it was like he was tired of, of listening to me flammer, flim flammer <laughs> along, which maybe you guys are too. Um, and he said, you want a degree in spiritual direction. And I said, that's exactly what I want. I want a degree in spiritual direction. But what is that? You know, you either get a degree in spiritual theology or, uh, you know, get you get trained as a spiritual director through IPF or something like that. And he said, in order to become a spiritual director, you have to know the human heart. And literature is what demonstrates and exemplifies and lays open human hearts. Mm. Come to know the human heart and you'll come to know what people are longing for. Mm. And I was like, that's it. I just, I was like, finally. So, I mean, it was kind of like, I should burn all my theological books. But no, he's saying read literature and theology. Because then you come to know the needs that you have and the needs that others have from, from centuries past. And you read... You read the Odyssey, you know, last this past year. Right. What was it that it taught you most about the human heart? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were coming to me with insights all over the place. Right. And just kind of saying, like, this points to this and this points to this. And eventually it was kind of nauseating because, you know, I hadn't read the book. <laughs> well, anybody who's read the Iliad, he was Patroclus or Patroclus, however you pronounce it. That yeah. was a very kind. And I was Achilles, but uh, which, of course, he mocked. Shocker. <laughs> A Greek Adonis whose only weakness is in his ankle. <laughs> yeah, right. It's perfect. Wow, that's yeah. That I didn't even is. think Let's about look at that. The boot right there. Okay. The uh, so I I want. It's not that I want every single person to become a spiritual director, but I want to give people insight into their own humanity. Right. And like Lent shouldn't be a time. And this is another point. Lent shouldn't be a time where we hate our own humanity, and we try to put in divinity. Where where the humanity is lacking and saying, okay, if I just pray more or if I just fast more, God will love me, other people will love me, and I'll become a better person. Right. Uh, our friend Keith Kenny, Father Keith Kenny, he mentions a line from Balthazar, which is, grace, grace aids and heals nature, it doesn't replace nature. And I think for a lot of people, and that's myself included, I was I was looking for a remedy right. for my broken humanity through the church, through sacraments, through piety, through the moral life. And eventually I just had to come to understand um, I need God yeah. to come into my humanity and to kind of build from there and not just, I should become a new person. Right. I should become an uber moral mensch. Right. So... And you were talking to our friend, Father Joseph, about that, you know, just about even as priests, you feel all this pressure to, you got to be this, you got to be this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And people feel this all the time in the Christian life. And it's like, no, you need to be yourself, right? I was teaching the moral section of the catechism to this RCA group. And, you know, there's, it's especially the sexual ethics of the church. It's pretty, pretty hard stuff for people to digest, especially when I am punching them in the stomach, you know, and, uh, but one of the things I said before we did any of that stuff, I said, this is the most important paragraph in the moral section to understanding morality in the Catholic Church. And that is from Gaudium and Spes 22. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ makes man fully alive, right? That you become fully human in Christ. And the purpose of moral conversion is not to become these weird kind of like robots, spiritual robots, yeah. but to become something deeper. I was talking to our friend Teddy Hamster last night about this. He yeah. was talking about how some of the college kids at CU, they, they like become like robots. And he says when they receive communion, it's just kind of freaky because it's like you're putting on a form, you know? Yep. And it's just an immature appropriation of the faith. What God desires to do is to deepen and to heal, like you're saying, our nature. But mm-hmm. it makes us more unique and more particular. And people who want uniformity, that freaks them out. And a lot of times that happens in Catholic communities and cultures and yeah. parishes, seminaries, presbyterates. Just why can't you be like everybody else? And it's like, well, that's not exactly how it works. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up Teddy because honestly, this morning I was thinking about Teddy and just saying, um, if we do a podcast on this, I would dedicate it to the king of literature in our lives. That is true. Teddy Hamstra. And so. angsty music. Well, I don't know about the angsty music. Well, I mean, if you consider this angsty, I'm hoping that uh, we can No, I think he's the king of angsty music also. We can make our intro and outro songs dedications to Teddy Hamstra. Which we're doing in Lent to just in a special way. Oh, yeah. We're just giving you special stuff. So the, this song, I'm, it'll be Jack White or something. White yeah, Stripes. you do that. Yeah. There you go. It's going to be Jolene. Jolene. Yep. Okay. One last prayer. One last prayer. Uh, you can hear papers falling. It means that I'm busy. Um, I just want to close. We'll close with a prayer, and then we'll do shout-outs. Is that all right? Sounds good. Okay. Um, have you ever heard this prayer from Cardinal Newman? Um, God has created me. Yeah, but read it. I, I think this is. I think this is really important. I, I received this whenever I was... Uh, uh, first year focus missionary kind of struggling with what I was supposed to do and be both in focus, but also like as a missionary and later on in my life and kind of whatever else. So um, if this helps, it's entitled God has created me. God has created me to do some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good. I shall do his work. I shall be an angel of peace, a preacher of truth in my own place, while not intending it if I do but keep his commandments. Therefore, I will trust him. Whatever I am, I can never be thrown away. If I am in sickness, my sickness may serve him. In perplexity, my perplexity may serve him. If I am in sorrow, my sorrow may serve him. He does nothing in vain. He knows what he is about. He may take away my friends. He may throw me among strangers. He may make me desolate, make my spirits sink, hide my future from me. Still, he knows what he is about. Blessed, or saint. Uh, is he a saint? I don't think Blessed so. Blessed Cardinal Henry, John Henry Newman. That's so. good. The, um, um, so loon, that's it. Moon Clock really liked that one. There you go. Um, I, shout outs. I only have one here. Um, this is from a, the Facebook page, and uh, I don't Facebook. know who asked for this. Mento passes on to us. Uh, would you please give a shout out to Ben Shoop? He's doing mission work in Nicaragua. Shoop, shoop, better, shoop, better, shoop, better. Okay, so my shout out. Um, folks, we can overindulge in the podcast, um, and <laughs> I will say that. If you've listened to most or all of the podcast within a two-month period, it can cause violent attacks in your system. So just beware, like, um, you know, 
receive in moderation. So who is I, that? I give a shout out to Rachel Kruger, um, who uh, is a good uh, parishioner of mine and 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 uh, becoming a friend. So where'd you put that letter? What Dang letter? It, oh, it's over there. You uh, we can get it. No, I, I'm I'll get count. It. I'll count. Just like we did when we were oh, kids. I can't walk. No, I know, but I'm going to finish my shout out to Rachel, you jerk. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was thinking about what I wanted to say more than what you were saying. Exactly. So, Rachel Kruger um, is a FedEx driver, um, and uh, she I think she's listened to all of the podcasts within like two months. That is impressive. I'm like, uh, watch out. You may get nauseous. So, go. One. Just, just, two. Start, just. Three. Talk about anything else. I'm going to count just like my dad used to. You're not moving very fast. I'd like to give a shout out to Claire and Kwong Nguyen, who are friends of mine in the RCA program. Claire is about to be baptized. They are awesome. Okay, we got a card here. And this is a homemade card, which is a special place in the heart of uh, one Father Nathan Global. Exactly. I was just folding envelopes last night. This is from Amber Thurnes. What is the no, last name? T-H-O-E-N-N-E-S. Thahones. No, <laughs> Tonins. Tonins. Tones. Okay, Amber is a first-year master's student at the University of Nebraska in trombone performance. She's Damn. been listening, and um, she said uh, she's just digging it. I can't, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but we really liked and appreciated this letter, so thank you for... Uh, you could read some of it. My dad has brewed beer for a couple years, oh and there's a podcast for that. He liked that. Her her boyfriend is going into RCIA That's and right. is going to become baptized this year. That's pretty sweet. Congratulations. What else did you say in here? <laughs> She's not on the podcast. You're the one holding it. I know. She said, hope you have a good Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> well. Rachel, or Amber, thank you for the, uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm done. Let's get over with this. Where the girls are the fairest, the boys are the squarest of any old place that I know. There is no place like Nebraska, dear old Nebraska, you. Where we all stand together in all kinds of weather, at dear old Nebraska, you. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.